freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Huard. And Brooke Huard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. Yeah, I've been talking all day about just how happy I am, how much I love it down here. Spring training, the best. Best week of our year. I just... I just love it. And over the last couple of years, I've started staying with my parents who were down here this time of year, which is great. And I love being around my parents. But there are some downsides. And one of the biggest is that I don't get to be roomies with Shannon. Yeah. Is that why she's not made any baked goods? I would think. Yeah. Is that a big part of it? I think Shannon used to enjoy her time with me and Kyle. And now Uh she's got Justin Amore. And I'm not saying that's not fun. But I always got the sense that, you know, Shannon and Kyle. Do you think she'll bake bake for Bob and Dave? She will, right? Yeah, she probably will. She She usually does stuff like that. They usually take her out and get her. Maybe for Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely for Lefko. Yes. Lefko's so nice. Lefko could use it. Plus, he'll do a good taste test and give it a whole review. Which is what you're looking for. I have no idea what he's talking about, but he will. Shannon, uh, it was interesting yesterday. Nice to see Tay Oscar hit his home run, a bullet. Nice to see Ty France with a couple of hits. What does a healthy Ty France and a new Tay Oscar do for this lineup? Well, Tay Oscar's that threat that they've been looking for. And if they had any doubt and you come out of the offseason really wondering, well, is this really the guy? <laughs> I think, you know, there's a batter's eye that has a, will have a word with you. Mm. I mean, that ball was absolutely. Did you even crushed. track it? More and I lost it. I heard it. And then I'm like, where did that thing go? And it was over the fence. And... Yeah, it, it went out. I'm sure it did. I was watching the video, and I think I see the baseball bouncing around by a car. The only question is, did it actually clear the hitter's <laughs> wow. eye or not? Yeah. Or was it a little bit to the left regardless? Was there an exit velo on that? I think it was 111. 111. Shh. Yeah. Loud. And, it, you know, it got out quick. Couldn't see it. Uh, Luis Castillo just laughed when I asked him about it, and he said, I didn't see it, but he sure hit the heck out of that thing. <laughs> and he's going to be motivated too, right, Shannon? I, I, I'm a big believer, so oh. not not as much as me in incentive at times. And, you know, he got his arbitration and get his number. The team ultimately saved a couple million bucks, but still the biggest number in arbitration history. But he's a guy that is going to be highly motivated to put up the best numbers of his career in a contract year, is he not? Oh, because of a contract year, yeah. Yes. I don't think there's going to be any hard feelings. No, 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 absolutely not. Process. Nope. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, just got to be eye-opening for anybody who is out there, what we saw this off season with the contracts that were being given out. And when you look at what is available next year. Correct. You know, he's right Machado being locked up now. Yep, and, yep. Yep. and he's going to be that bat. So he's in fantastic uh, position right now. But also, if you get to spend a little time with him at all, you do see he's very... Um, I don't want to say measured, balanced, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't think that, you know, he's played long enough in the way that he approaches things in a very logical manner. I don't think it's going to be one. Sometimes guys get into that and they press or they try to do too much. And I think for him, I think he has the confidence to know I just do my job and do what I do and do it to the best that I can do. And things are going to turn out very nicely for me. Top three eyes in Mariners history. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. I before name, we, in, in before we here, do more baseball, just... I've got it. Oh, Salk's got it. I've know. already got it. I didn't ask you. I mean, I can't even think of one. A-Rod? <laughs> a- well, I thought you would go with, like, Keno. He had a great eye. He knew what, what was a strike, <laughs> what was a ball. I mean, uh, that guy, J.P. Crawford. Yeah, where did you think I was list? going with this, Shannon? Jeez. Well, the conversations that I've been hearing out here, Brock. <laughs> 
This is pretty easy. Three most yeah. beautiful eyes we've seen in yes. our time here with the Mariners. Yes. Number one, Julio. Julio. What, what we just witnessed was out of control. Yep. Number yep. two, Franklin Gutierrez, obviously. Goody was right. He was number handsome. one until yes. this morning. <laughs> yes. And number three, and this is kind of a dark horse. You might not have thought about it, but Dustin Ackley. That would be yeah. probably your yeah. top. That would yeah. be your yeah. top three eyes. Yeah, good that, job. That we've Saul. seen. Yeah, no, I knew that one right away. I'm good. Boom. I got All that. Right. Yeah, Thank you. Yep. no problem. Shannon, uh, forgetting about the eyes for a moment and maybe getting into people who are actually good at baseball and all that. Uh, please hit Brock Moore. He deserves it. Um, what did you think of Castillo yesterday, Luis Castillo? <laughs> um. You know, any time that I see Luis Castillo, I just expect to see Luis Castillo. I think that's his thing. He's consistent out there. And the only question that I had last year is it appeared in the short amount of time that we had, he would have that hiccup Mm -hmm. from time. And that's when he would get into trouble. I, I think that, uh, you yeah, know, we'll see more of what we saw from him last year. I think you probably know that they've asked him to use his stuff a little bit differently, to use that slider a little bit more. And it's a pitch that he told me that, you know, it, he has confidence in the pitch. He's had it for a couple of years now, the one that he throws. But the fact that they've shown confidence mm-hmm. in it has helped him out quite a bit. And I love the trust that has been established um, with that coaching staff and with that analytics staff with him from the get-go. I think that probably had something to do with him deciding to stay here longer. So I think where it's going to get interesting with him is down the road when it is time to make changes because he has been so successful in what he has been doing Mm -hmm. and you do have to evolve you're starting to see hitters start to do things a little bit differently it is going to evolve a little bit more it is going to swing back towards them and so i'm going to be curious to see how quick he is able to do that because he is so rooted in what he is doing right now watching bryce miller in person yesterday i felt a little matt brash ish just the power, the 97. And when you watch Brash throw, unlike some of you watch Castillo for two innings, and it's 95 free and easy, right? He's kind of three-quarter, and it just doesn't look like he's even exerting that much. You watch Brash. You watch, to me yesterday, Bryce, you feel the force of them down the mound. I mean, it is golly that ball is coming and they're putting a lot of their body with speed and momentum, as Brash told us earlier this week, into it. He felt a little Brash-like to me in person. You see that comp? Uh, that's a good thing. Unfortunately, I was not able to see him in, in competition because we were talking to Castillo back here when he pitched. I hate that timing. Mm. Um, but, you know, I have seen him uh, in, in the bullpens a little bit. And uh, what a great thing for the Mariners. You know, what a great thing. If you don't have a spot for him this year mm-hmm. in a rotation, you're going to find a spot for him in the pen, and he is going to impact you at some point until you do need him in that rotation. And uh, it's uh, you also see that he, and not just yesterday, but what you've seen when he's walking around. And, and Brash had this, too. It's a little bit different because I still look at Matt Brash, and he looks like the kid that's selling ice cream at the mall still. That's that's Matt Brash right there. Um, <laughs> you, you do see uh, kind of a confidence. He's uh, Bryce Miller's not intimidated by being here. No. No, and I think when 97-98 comes out that way with a just tight slider and you just know your stuff's pretty good. And if you're a young player here, too, this would be, you know, you, you set Julio up beautifully. Like, hey, what's it like in Seattle? You know, this is home. But if you're a young player around here, Shannon, and this is what the Skip said to us yesterday. Hey, when I tell you guys in this room, it's going to take all of us. 
Last year we played 59 guys, right? And and you may not be the on the first 25 man ship, but we're going to need you at some point. If you're a young player here, I would think this organization, as much as any has shown, you've got the stuff, you've got the skills, you're going to get your opportunity at some point here. Yeah, which is funny because in, in, I think even 10 years ago, if you looked at it, because you go into spring training and there aren't really open positions, and if you're a young player, your head's probably down. But in this day and age, you do use the players a lot. Yep. Uh, you don't have players that play 162 games anymore. You have a shorter IL stint, so they do put players more on the IL. And and I think those doors are open, mm-hmm. you know, to at least when you get up there and you get that opportunity uh, to be seen and, and for you to see the big leagues and big league pitching or big league hitters, um, I think it's even more of a carrot now than it ever has been okay. before, even if, if it doesn't appear that that is available to them. Shannon, when I came to Seattle 15 years ago, I think Brock would tell you it was very cynical. It was very hard for me to believe much of anything that I heard, etc. Have I gone soft? Am I a sucker? Or is Jared Kelnick turned the corner and is going to have the greatest <laughs> year of all time? <laughs> I'm going to stick with what I have said all along. We will not know until the games count. Well, right now we got to try to guess. I mean, that's the, you know, that's what we're doing here. What do you think? Do you think he's turned a corner? I think that we have seen enough from him to know that we will not know. Until <laughs> uh, I am so encouraged. That's a really good answer. That's a really good answer, him, by the way. I think mm. we've seen him grow up. I mean, you, you cannot dispute, you know, the maturity that you see and the conversations that you have and his thought process is different. And that's from getting a couple more years, not just of experience in the game, but in life as, as well. So um, I think he's more focused than ever. And I love his focus. And I don't think he's just saying it because they're saying it to him. But, you know, to the idea of I'm going to do anything I can to impact this team, you know, make a contribution yep. in the field, steal a base, do something like mm-hmm. that. I think that takes pressure off of him at the plate recognizing and I don't think he recognized it in the moment because we talked to him right afterwards but I think he thought about it afterwards that the shorter pitch clock is not going to give him as much time to think he's not going to be able to turn and ask the umpire or you know really question things Mm -hmm. too much winning each pitch rather than focusing on the count and I'm in trouble because I've got two strikes perhaps that's going to wait for work for him plus the work that he did with the swing uh, the bat fitting that he did, that a lot of the players did. Very curious to see how that plays out. But, you know, we've said it all along. It's between the years for him. And it's because he's a young player. He's a young player with a lot on him. Came up differently in the game. Did not have the experience that most players have at his age even. Did not play a lot of games. Um He's never been in really, up until the postseason last year, he's never been in anything close to that kind of environment before. So uh, I think that uh, they're doing his best to raise him right, and I think he's taking steps on his own, and this is certainly the best position that we have seen him in, and I'm very hopeful. Thanks, Shannon. That's great. That's a good answer. (laughs) But be excited. Why not? I I am excited. I can't help it. Between Kelnick's maturity and Julio's eyes, I don't know how much more excited we are. Castillo's arm? Like, yeah, I'm all in. So if you get too excited, then you just have to stare into Julio's eyes to calm down a little bit? It's piercing. It pierces right into the soul. Thank you, Shannon. The great Shannon Dreyer. And you can read her in the pages of SeattleSports.com every day. Our Mariners reporter here. All right, coming up next, we'll give you everything you need to know. Uh, Plus... Brock, you and I got to see something really darn cool yesterday. I'll see if we can hit on that as well. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. 
to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, pretty darn good day for the Mariners yesterday. They certainly showed up in a big way against Cleveland. Luis Castillo got the start, went two innings, and was very sharp. He did allow an unearned run with a couple of tough plays in the field, but he was very good. Ty France, a couple of hits, including a long home run. Colton Wong, J.P. Crawford both had nice days, but the stage belonged to Teoscar Hernandez. He was introducing himself in a big way. 2-0. Here's a drive center field. Oh, baby, carry, carry. Goodbye. Just to the left of the batter's eye, a monstrous shot by Teoscar Hernandez, a three-run blast, and the Mariners have a 7-1 lead. Wow. He he got all that one, man, an absolute bullet. And then Bryce Miller came in, and he might have uh, continued to wow some folks. Yeah, he walked his first batter and then all of a sudden took a little breath and just threw smoke and had a bunch of punch outs and looked pretty good doing it, sitting there about 97, 98. He didn't have the big sweeping brash slider that just buckles your knees, but it is tight and it's about 87 and he looked in full command. And as we just got done talking to Shannon, if you know one thing about this organization, if you are a young player and you've got skill and you've got the stuff and you're not too wide eyed and you can handle it, this skipper and this organization with Jerry leading it will give you an opportunity. It's been a heck of a couple days, man. In between talking to Scott yesterday about where this team is at, obviously the conversation with Jared Kelnick and understanding his mental state, and then today, Julio Rodriguez, who I think just wowed both of us. Enough joking about the eyes, although they were beautiful. His maturity, his confidence, and he looks bigger. I know you were asking him about his weight in a good way. He looks like he's just continuing to grow into that huge frame. 220 to 230, about what he played at over the course of last season. Yeah, if anything, maybe that's where you'd like it to stay. I don't don't know how much bigger he can get. I I don't want him to get too much bigger. 220 to 230, that's about what I'm going to weigh when we're out of Arizona here next week. Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, Seahawks are getting closer to making some sort of a decision on Geno Smith, right? Franchise tag has to be uh, decided on by Tuesday. It doesn't sound like that's something they're likely to use, but Pete and John both spoke yesterday, and John Schneider was, well, at the very least, as candid as he could be about where the negotiations are at right now. Mike, I would say it's a, it's always a process. Close, I would say positive, uh, you know, all these negotiations, some go a little bit faster than others. Usually when you t- you're talking about larger numbers, they take a little bit more time. Uh, obviously much more complex than um, different sports uh, with guaranteed contracts. So there's a lot more that goes into these contracts. It's all right. Maybe that's why it's taking time and make, maybe they are making good progress. But I was talking to Brady Henderson yesterday for a while, and I think his belief, and he tweeted a little bit about it too, is that they're probably going to let him test the market. And they'd only be letting him test the market if they thought that he wouldn't be able to get 32 plus million somewhere else. Yeah, man, we're about five days away from this game of chicken taking a significant step because that's the deadline for the franchise tags. So right now, I believe only one Deron Payne there in Washington was tagged yesterday. He's the first. Others will be between now and Monday night. Will Gino be one of those? At first, I thought, yes, Salk. I think I, my, my initial thought was it gives you more leverage, more time, and you kind of stall the game of chicken. But It's good leverage, too, though. Is, yeah, it does. Because you don't want $32 million. One year? 
Brock, they don't have enough salary cap to afford it, quite frankly. I mean, they've got like 14 after you pay your rookies. Then you're going to cut, okay, uh, two guys like uh, Shelby, and Shelby Harris and, mm-hmm. and Gabe Jackson. Okay, that still doesn't get you to $32 million. Nope. So if you were to franchise it, I don't think they can. Yep. I don't think they can franchise tag him. I think they either need to sign him on a deal that allows them to spread some of that money out, or they're going to have to let him walk, because I don't think they can afford to, to go down the... the road of franchise tax negotiations ongoing here's the third thing you need to know 5-3 win for the Kraken yesterday over St. Louis they needed that little bounce back game couple of goals for Morgan Geeky McCann with a goal Lexiak had a goal Tanev had a goal but they're creeping up real close now to that trade deadline they've yet to really do much of anything they traded for a defenseman who's essentially been a non-factor they haven't even used him since they acquired him he's really just been there for depth uh, Frank Saravalli, who is uh, one of the big uh, names, he's sort of a Jeff Passan, buster-only type and covering the NHL, uh, says that the Kraken are going to be interesting, that they see value in both capitalizing on high prices, right? It's been a seller's market so far, but also they want to make the playoffs. So got names like Geeky, Susie, etc. may be on their way out, even while you're trying to continue to build what you're doing right now. And while we are in our happy place, and Salk in the happiest of happies down here in Peoria, these Mariners were only for the show last night, Sports Star of the Year, Julio Rodriguez. No surprise there when Sportsman of the Year and Seattle Mariners win Team of the Year as they break that 20-plus year playoff drought. There you go. That is everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour. Uh, Sam Haggerty will be with us coming up here in about, I don't know, seven or eight minutes. Before we do it, Brock and I got to see the trajectory yesterday. Justin came over. More did you, you did, Yeah, you more popped the, in. You no, over? Yeah. Okay, good. I didn't mm-hmm. see you over there. Awesome. So all four of us had an opportunity to see this thing. It's so cool. So we've been talking about this. This is this, you know, super secret machine. It's a pitching machine that can mimic every player, every pitcher for the most part in the major leagues, as long as they have enough info on them. And it it has their spin rate. It has their speed. It has their arm slot. It looks like a black box that has a little hole in it. And the hole can move all around the box in order to show you know the exact arm angle yep. that a pitcher would throw at. And they type in that pitcher, and you get all of his stuff. And and this was the coolest part, honestly, yes. seeing the image of that pitcher's windup projected onto the box. Yes. And then all of a sudden, the ball comes right out of the hole where his hand is. Yeah. Dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like AI. I mean, it, it is just... But better, because it's a real ball. Correct. Because when it comes out, then it's real. And to watch Colton Wong, in particular, yesterday, face the guy. So the guy he faced yesterday has been more of a career minor leaguer, so they didn't have all the data, but they had enough to say, okay, he actually, metrics-wise, is very similar delivery, very similar to this player. So they use that pitcher, and then watch Colton Wong do that, and then literally... Right, he swing and miss yesterday in that box, like you do in baseball. Mm-hmm. And then he had a couple line drives. And what did he do yesterday in the game? When more and I are sitting there watching, like, yep, that was almost mirrored his exact bat that we just watched, simulated behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, it was borderline creepy. Uh, borderline surreal. It really is awesome. And the Mariners invested in this. They're one of about seven teams that has this machine. They have one here. They've got one up in Seattle. They'll use it a little bit for minor leaguers Mm -hmm. to give them an opportunity to kind of see what it's like and what major league pitching really looks like. Uh, As we've talked about, and Shannon had the report, they'll use it for some of their pitchers to see just how nasty they really are. But I don't know how much the guys will really hit off this, especially during during the year. It just hurts your hands, right? The more big league 
type of a bats you take, the more it's going to hurt your hand. But just to sit, stand to in the box it. and see it okay. and track it. We're facing yep. Framber Valdez tonight. Okay, yep. give me 10 pitches from Framber Valdez. I'll watch them. Okay, yep. now I know what I'm going to see when yeah. I get up to my bat. Amazing. What a, what an unbelievable You, you still think you can bunt one of those after getting close? Uh, no. 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 Uh, oh. maybe, maybe if I knew it was a fastball. <laughs> no. Even then, probably not. And then what happens when but you maybe. skip it into no, your Yeah, that's what Brash told you you, you would do if you, don't even. If you were able to even see it. And it comes up and hits you in the face. And I'm all of a doing, sudden. I'm not doing anything without a face mask and a cup. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that right yeah, now. No chance. All right. Coming up next, uh, Sam Haggerty. Brock teased it earlier. Who did he think was the fastest guy in the team? The answer might surprise you next. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, as we roll on here, Brock and Salk from spring training and just having a grand time, man. This has just been so fun. Just everything we've had an opportunity to see and do. I want to thank Alaska Airlines and, of course, our friends at Kitsap Credit Union. Sam Haggerty joining us right now. I, I realized I paused. I wanted to say Mariners outfielder, and then I kind of wanted to say Mariners infielder, and then I wasn't sure what to say. What, how do you define yourself? Uh, at this point, I, I, I define myself as a utility player, outfield, infield pinch runner whatever you need do you remember i mean have you gone back and paid attention to jose akindo and steve lyons and some of those guys who played i mean i think both of them played nine different positions in a game i mean like some of those guys who were able to to really create and embrace that role i would i'd be comfortable playing everywhere but catcher that that's where i kind of draw the line smart yeah i don't think i want to do that one yeah i saw some slow-mo video of somebody catching 100 miles an hour like you're not going to go in there and catch munoz were you crazy absolutely not that's just a hard pass three chest protection (laughs) (laughs) it's almost positionless right i mean we we hear that all the time in basketball and you'll see that in the nfl combine this week he's a linebacker he's a rusher he can do this almost a instead of utility you could almost call it positionless yeah to a certain extent i mean it Throughout the season, injuries happen, and, and you find yourself in situations where somebody's got to play a position that you may not have practiced at, but you're, you're asked to go do your job. But growing up, 12, 13, 15? I, I actually caught until I was about 13 or 14. Um, my dad coached my Little League team and hated pass balls, so he said, that's on you. And then He wanted to get out of there. Yeah, he stopped <laughs> He stopped coaching me, and I was like, okay, I want to play infield. So yeah. I started playing short and second, and uh, – High school, throughout college, and then pro ball utility player was, was my role from the start. Where'd you grow up? I, I grew up in Grand Junction, Colorado, Okay. and then moved to Denver for high school, and then found myself at University of New Mexico for three years. And then upon getting drafted, I moved right back to Phoenix, where I was originally born, but only lived here for a few years. <laughs> um, no better place to train in the offseason. Wow. Grand Junction. That's out there now. Yeah. That's, Surprised you know that. Uh, oh, yeah. That's on the... Brock's pretty familiar with the Colorado Sea. Yeah, that's far west side of the state. There, that's right before you get to Utah. That is uh, pretty deep. High school-wise, now, did you ever cross oh, paths? I actually know where that is. That's yeah. like by the 15 and the 70, right? Right, Kind of where they meet? Isn't uh, that where that is? Definitely yeah. off I-70. Yeah. It's going to be the biggest city. I remember. You know what? City. I think I stayed there one night. <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> it is the home of the Juco World Series. Oh, that's, that's why I know it. Of course. Class. Yes. Now I know why I know It's the home of the Juco World Series. Did you? you and Marco cross paths at all in high school? Um, you know, my sophomore year, I believe Marco was a senior and okay. he was going for his fourth straight state championship. Yes. And we ran into him in like the round of eight. 
Um, he wasn't pitching that game, but he was on the team. They beat us with a different pitcher, and then yeah. he went on to win his fourth straight cha- yeah. state championship. What was last year like for you? I mean, I, I kind of think through your career. You're not a super young guy. I mean, you've been around a little bit, and then all of a sudden last year, everything kind of clicks for you. What was that like? As dream come true, you know, I was able to get my shoulder healthy. Um, was able to find my, my role on the team and, you know, it was a great group of guys that it was easy to come to work every day, easy to put a smile on your face and, and good things happen when you enjoy the people that you work with and the people that you're around and, you know, I'm very blessed and very fortunate. That sounds nice. I'd love to enjoy the people that I work with. Yep. <laughs> it's a tough environment That's here. A cheap shot. <laughs> we yeah. keep it real, though. I mean, we, we keep it on the real. Yeah. Uh, who do you, who are a couple of those fire starters in that way? Who are some of those from a player perspective, maybe a coach, maybe it's the skip himself, that really ignite some of that, boy, I love to go to work? Uh, I mean, I think it starts with it starts with JP and Gino, uh, Julio. You know, the list goes on and on. It's just those guys play with smiles on their faces. They make it easy to, to, to displace a poor at-bat or a mistake, and, you know, they allow you to just stay focused on trying to win today's game and, and allow today and it, – to, to, to go away if it, if it was a loss or a bad one and, and to you know realize that tomorrow's a new day and come to the field with a smile on your face you get hurt right before the playoffs i mean just god that's got to be awful yeah. right i mean just you're right there you're about to play in the playoffs you're a huge part of what makes this team special scott called you guys the scatbacks, right his <laughs> guys that he likes to kind of throw in at the ends of games what was it like having a having to watch all that from the sideline uh it was it was really bittersweet watching everybody celebrate in toronto <laughs> i mean i'm limping out there to try to try to meet everybody and high five them but it's part of the game. It's it's unfortunate, you know. Had I wish I just struck out that at bat, <laughs> never got to first. Yeah, it's crossed my mind. But you don't. You can't play scared. You can't. You can't play like you. You want to get somewhere. Each game's important, and that's the way we play. So we're going to continue to do that. What were the couple moments for you that you know when you're our age you'll never forget? From last season in particular, a moment and a bat, a hit, a, maybe it's something that stolen base doesn't come to our mind, but is certainly crystallized in your memory bank. You know, a personal one would was probably the the series at the Angels where I was trying to steal second. And it was a ball in the dirt. Stassi threw it away. The next pitch, I stole third. Julio hits a line drive. We have the crazy rundown, and we were able to score a run. That that's a personal one that I'll always remember, but. I, Cal's home run and the whole experience of popping champagne in Seattle and the, the fans never left the city. You, you, I felt like I could feel the energy. Um, that's something I will take with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I was thinking of a couple of your moments stealing third in extra innings, right? There was one of those moments. I remember a home run in San Diego that kind of stands out for me. It was a pretty good season. I mean, it, you know, it was a weird year with some guys getting suspended and some guys all hurt at the same time. And the next thing you know, you're an outfielder, uh-huh. right? I mean, you're not an infielder. You're not a utility guy. You're a corner outfielder yeah. all of a sudden. How, how, what was that little run like for you? The, that 14-game that win streak, it was incredible. I mean, it... I think I had my inside the park home run in that little stretch, and that was a blast. And you know, when you're winning baseball games like that at the major league level, there's nothing better. It's it's so hard to do to win one game, let alone 14 in a row. So you you kind of feel like it's a dream, and and you're you're, you're waiting to wake up for it, and, and you're waiting to lose at some point. But we rolled right into the All Star break, and 
That was it. Do you embrace swaggerty? Is that, is, that, is that a nickname you've embraced? Did you push that out there yourself? No. That Where do we, was, how do we feel about swaggerty? Uh, at this point, you know, we're, we're going to run with it. If fans seem to like it, I mean, it's on a headband, so I, right. I, it's pretty much set in stone at this point. And you've so. got some swag. I mean, I'm looking at you now. You've got a brightly colored headband on. <laughs> what colors are those? That's uh, I couldn't even tell you guys. Somebody bought it for me. I just like put it on. Blue and hot pink, little orange, mm-hmm. it looks like in there. Okay. Um, I'm told... Now I know you got the Godfather theme, and yep. that there's a you know. I'm told do you have a dog named Cannoli. Is that right? Uh, Manicotti. Manicotti. Oh, yes. okay. I've been told very cannoli. close. <laughs> I was going to try to figure out where the best cannolis were in this in the country. Yeah, um, I, you probably got to go to New York for that. Well, I'm going to recommend that the next time you go to Fenway, uh-huh. you take a little trip into the North End mm-hmm. and you go to Mike's Pastries. Now mm-hmm. I know it's a little touristy, yeah. and you're going to have to wait in line for a few minutes, but. It will be worth it for the best cannoli you will ever eat. Um, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going. I I promise you, you will not be disappointed by Mike's pastries. Awesome. How many different headbands do we have? Do Uh, we know at this point? I probably got like four or five in my locker at this point, and it's early. Like, we're just starting. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I asked Jared Kellnick this question yesterday, so I'll ask you as well. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? I'd probably... I'd probably try to be an entrepreneur in some some capacity. Really? Yeah, I I always have this dream of being my own boss. You know, going to work when I want to work and answering to myself. Uh, but you know, that's certainly a dream. How does that fit with being a baseball player, where you're in some ways exactly the opposite? You're part of a team, you're part of a group. But on the other hand, modern athlete, etc. Baseball players have a little bit of their own. You know, self. You got to be self sufficient to yeah. do your own work in the off season. How do you meld that? Um, I mean, over time, you, you just begin to understand what you need as a player and in the type of person you are. And, and then it all comes together with the team and you you have the different various personalities and you have how everybody meshes together. And, you know, the guy that cracks jokes, the guy that's more serious and it all it all ends up blending together. So it's it's rather easy just to find your place amongst this this larger group and this larger mission. My last question for you is a question I'll ask a lot of the football teams uh, that I get to be around and say, OK. If you lined up every offensive player on the goal line and they ran to the 50, who's going to win? So now, now, granted, you know, hamstrings are in play, thighs, you know, you don't want to get anybody hurt. But if you, you guys lined up right there on that outfield line, the left field line, and I put, I don't know, 30, 40 yards out there, you, Kelnick, Marlowe, Dylan Moore, Dylan Moore, I don't know, maybe Taylor, I, I don't know who they would be. But in your opinion, you did a little race. Who wins? Uh, Diego. <laughs> Sorry. I'd probably say it. it's probably the Superman Julio. I really? think he gets me by, like, just a step. Really? really? Yeah. He's fast, guys. Really? He's really fast. He's that fast. Yeah, he's really fast. Wow. Faster than Jared, like, too, huh? Yeah, yeah. You got Jared? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'd probably say oh, it would be Julio, myself. Dylan would probably be right behind me. Yeah. And then you probably got Kells and Marlo. I've never seen Marlo run, so that'd be a first for me. Okay. Well, and I got to imagine Cal is, is going to play a role. It's pretty fast. Cal's just jogging. <laughs> hey, he's just jogging. He's, he's just like, jogging. yeah, guys, I'm good. He's I'm hit gonna, another home run. I'm going to meet you up there. Big, Are you excited about this? The little bit, I mean, bigger bases, it's not a huge difference, but it's what? Four inches, something like yeah, that. Baseball is four and a half inches. inches. I mean, that's not nothing when you're trying to steal a bag, right? Absolutely, it should help. It should help a lot of guys uh, want to steal bases and, and be successful in stealing bases, as well as with the disengagements, the pitch clock. I mean, 
we're, we're going to see how the pitchers and catchers are going to adjust, but it, it'll be fun, and, and I'm excited. So it should add value to your game. I mean, that, that makes you a more valuable player, which is awesome for you and, and where your career is going. But take me through it. You're first base. Mm-hmm. The pitcher throws over once. You dive back safely. Do you change your lead after that? Uh, because now he's only got one more free one? Yeah, I don't want to give away all my stuff. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to take you through it. A but does it change? Uh, of course. Now I mean, you know it's a little different. Yeah, and you may not change your lead, but you may just be a slightly more risky with your first move. Mm-hmm. Like, if he flinches whatsoever, I'm taking off because I'm not – I don't think he's coming over. And if he comes over a second time, now you know if he comes over a third time, you're on second base no matter what, right? You'd hope so. But Unless you get picked st- off. Yeah, they can still pick again. Right. So there's that. But you can try to fake him into throwing over there a third time, and now all of a sudden you just are handed second base. You're giving away the mind games. games. Exactly. This is awesome. That's what base running is, truly, is is a mind game and a chess game between you, the pitcher, the catcher. It's pretty cool. Hey, thanks, man. Congratulations. Last year was a blast. It was so fun. The whole scat back thing and just what you guys brought to the to the uh, to the team, especially late in games. It was so much fun to watch. So thank you. Thanks for sitting down with us. Good luck this year. Thank you for having me. That was Sam Haggerty. Uh, really, really, yeah, Ken, I've really enjoyed talking to everybody here. Yeah. Now, we've chosen the people that we mm. wanted to talk to. It's not like, you know, they're just throwing anybody at us, but it, it's really been. Incredible. You think there's a bad interview on this team? I don't know if there is. Seeing Probably that- not. I mean, there's some guys that don't speak English, which I think would be a challenging interview for you and me. But my understanding is that speak most of those yourself. guys, huh? Okay, speak for sorry. Yourself. Excuse me. You speak the international language of love. Yes, <laughs> that's nice. It crosses over any language barrier for crying out loud. But there's a likability there are, all definitely on the uh, on the far edge of some of the training methodology mm-hmm. and some stuff that if you just watched, it's a thinker. Yeah, and you just watched him on a street corner, right? Like, what is what is that guy doing over there? But it uh, it works for him. It gets his mechanics into place. But yeah, from Swaggerty to Julio earlier this morning and everybody else, there is just a there is a high likability on this team. Yeah. Just if, a high likability. If, if you missed any of the Julio interview, uh, you will hear it again. Nine thirty this morning. We'll play it for you. He was unique, man. He 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 is a special, unique case. And he's <laughs> a maturity beyond I'll his tell years. You what, Seattle. Yeah. Be real happy. There are very few that are built like him physically and very few that are built like him mentally and very few that have his star power. And he just he seems destined for this moment. Well, it is, and, and a ma- is so free. Yeah. And a maturity to understand is, you know, we've been listening to some of these clips during the break and and just a maturity to understand that. Yeah, man, I got to surround myself with not just good people, but the people that got me here. Right. And you hear that a lot from many of these uh, players, especially the non-American players of the path and the journey. And, hey, this is what it's going to take. And this is what the dream is going to entail. And it is going to take a while. Right. For you and I. And you even asked him, like, all of this thrown on to you. And he didn't diminish it. But yeah. I'm sure in his mind, he went, Mike, this isn't everything thrown on to me. Like 13, this journey started right. for me. Yeah, he's been playing 14, 15, yeah. 16. I was, you know, in facilities. I was training. I was growing. This has been my this has been my livelihood. I might be 22 on the birth certificate, but this has been my livelihood and my ticket and my vision and my dream for the last 10 years of my life. Yeah. And now it's coming to fruition. Well, pretty cool. Uh, and you'll hear that again, as I say, coming up here in 45 minutes. want to thank uh, Kitsap Credit Union and Alaska Airlines for getting us here to spring training to bring you all of these interviews and get to know all of the guys on this team. Uh, Yes, Julio in 45 minutes tomorrow. 
excuse me, uh, you should hear from Teoscar Hernandez and Jerry DePoto, uh, possibly either Logan Gilbert or Paul Seawald, the other on Friday. Wow. So, yeah, we, we are uh, at Eugenio. We'd still like to talk to Cal Raleigh while we're down here. So we're, uh, we're really trying to give you a pretty good flavor of these 2023 Mariners. Shifting gears, and we'll come back and talk some more baseball as well. But, you know, Pete and John speaking yesterday and speaking about you know where they're at with the quarterback, um, we do have the sound of, of John Schneider saying that they are in negotiations. It does take a while, uh, primarily here. Why don't you give that to me? I think it's cut three or four, David. Michael, I would John say it's, it's always a process. Okay. Close. I would say positive. Uh, you know, all these negotiations, some go a little bit faster than others. Usually when you t- you're talking about larger numbers, they take a little bit more time. Uh, obviously much more complex than um, different sports uh, with guaranteed contracts. So there's a lot more that goes into these contracts. You read anything into that? They're talking, but we're talking as much to the rest of the market as we are to Geno Smith. And, you know, you don't like to use that word collusion, but what is the line between collusion and conversation? What is the line between these guys as GMs feeling out the market for one another and where they are all at? And that line between, hold on now, you, you all are talking and you're colluding and you're holding these salaries. Right? I mean, there is a there is a little line that you navigate, and it's a fine line because these agents and these GMs have all been together now the last 10 to 12 days. Started in Mobile, Alabama, is, is now up in Indianapolis, Indiana for the Combine. But that's where that's where it happens. And much like Jerry and I saw Justin Hollander in the hallway as well, they do all of their work, right? They, they, they do all their due diligence. So they know where these numbers are. They've got a pretty good grasp of where things are going. And I, I think right now Pete and John, because of their relationships, mm-hmm. because of their connectivity to this league, because people know them and they know others, they've got a good sense for where this QB market's at and I don't I like like the hitman Henderson you talked with yesterday, Brady. I, I kind of am now coming to that, I guess, consensus amongst the three of us that yeah, that franchise tag's not going to be used. I, I honestly don't think they can. I've thought about this a lot. I don't think they can use it on them. I think it is debilitating to them, salary cap wise, to have to pay thirty two and a half million dollars for one year. I think that now you understand if they do that between now and Tuesday, that doesn't mean that's what it, you can still get a deal done. And most of yeah, the time you're handing him the leverage because he knows you can't afford him like that. Most of the time the deals get done. Yeah, but you're handing him leverage. You're handing it to him. Oh, we're going to franchise tag. Cool. Like, okay. I'll just sit here and hang out okay. because why but, you pay me you, more, pay but, me more, but, pay me more. But you don't do that, and then he could say, cool, now you've just handed me to the whole market. Right. Well, so what they have to bet on is whether or not the market believes Geno Smith is worth more than that much, more than what they're willing to spend on him. And obviously, not obviously, but if we get to, to Tuesday mm-hmm. and they don't franchise tag him, they have to believe that the leverage they give him by going to the market is lower yep. than the leverage they would give him and you believe by, it is. By, by the franchise tag. And you believe it is. I didn't think it would be this way. Honestly, I mean, I was on the Geno's going to have a huge market bandwagon. There's, what did we say, 13, 15 teams that need a quarterback? Mm-hmm. But none of them seem to be interested in Geno Smith. And I'm not entirely sure why. However, I'll tell you what. That makes me a little nervous, too. Why don't any of them want him? 
We're sitting here talking mm-hmm. about, oh, you got to have Gino back. you got to have Gino back. Look what he did last year. Top five, pro ball, this, that, and the other. And the rest of the league in a quarterback, needy, desperate league right now, at least according to, to reports. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't teams secretly that are very that's interested. That's right. That's what, that's what my but pushback to that's going to be. I understand. Maybe that's the case. But as of right now, nobody else seems to want to. Who is the league talking about right now? Who's talking about you, Richard? <laughs> who, who is the, I, I, we know Derek Carr. He's done a great job, and he had a two-week head start getting released. They're talking released. about Derek Carr. But They're he, talking about Aaron Rodgers. Okay. They're talking about at least four quarterbacks in the first round of this draft. to Jimmy Garoppolo in Atlanta. They're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, mostly because he's on that same list of beautiful eyes, but mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They're talking, there are other guys they're talking about. Uh, uh, I've heard Daniel Jones' name bandied about a little bit. Lamar. If the Seahawks franchise tagged him, would you trust that maybe they've heard enough to know? That, that somebody would want him in a trade? That they're doing that for, that, knowing that they aren't giving up the leverage. I don't know, man. I, I, I think it would be a lot of leverage to give up. The fact that you, you literally right now couldn't afford him on a franchise tag. Couldn't afford him. Forgetting about affording him and going shopping, you literally, if he's on a franchise tag, can't afford him. You don't have enough money in your salary cap space to do so. And the Seahawks, for whatever reason, do not treat this the way other teams do. They don't like to push the problem down the line. Mm-hmm. They like to play it straight up. They are like Brock. They don't are not comfortable with mortgages. They would prefer like to credit not cards. be in debt. Yeah. They want to pay cash for everything. Mm-hmm. Like the guy I ran into at the stadium yesterday, super mad that there was a cash-free uh, restaurant in there. Yeah. Didn't like that. Huh? What do you mean i got to use a credit card? I'm John Schneider. I want to pay cash. Right. John does. He does. Th- that's how they like to do it. So, yeah, I think that's a lot of leverage to give up to Geno. I don't think you can franchise I that. I think ultimately as well, they look at it, and just common sense, is Geno Smith a $32.5 million cap hit? On your 200 and whatever it is, how could you possibly $32 million, or is, is Geno Smith a $32.5 million What you have to ask man. yourself is, if you do it, are you willing to stick with it? And they're not. They shouldn't be. It would be a bad decision to be willing to have him on your franchise tag. So for those reasons, I'm out. Like I, I, oh, thank I, you, Mr. I, Wonderful. Well, I just I couldn't do it. Or Mr. Cuban. I appreciate <laughs> I, that. I, I couldn't do yeah. it if I were the Seahawks, which means he's going to go test the market. And we'll see whether or not there are people slow playing this or whether John's got a good read on it, right? Oh, it's a great game of chicken. Isn't and it? it? And it is just going to heat up. We're going to get our first little tell by Tuesday. That's the, the franchise tag deadline. And then a week later, the league year begins. And in between, there's all the conversations. And we will all get a better feel for where all of this market is going to go. And then how much are we going to continue to hear John and Pete say, ooh, this QB class. Mm. Ooh, I like I, We are connected. I want to come back to that sound. They did speak about the quarterback class uh, that is uh, available in the draft this year, and Mel Kuyper Jr. has connected them to at least one of those guys. So what does it mean? We'll tell you next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com.